This is The Michael Wall Show. Michael is a speaker, author, and founder and CEO of several companies. His passion is to help families live on purpose and live with purpose. And now, here's Michael Wall. Welcome in, everyone. It's The Michael Wall Show, as you know, and we're set up today to have a great show. we got a terrific guest joining us, going to share her thoughts and ideas She's a world-class softball player, Olympic medalist, three-time, by the way, which uh, I don't even have one, so she's way ahead of me. All i got to say is maybe I can borrow yours at some point in time, and then I can you know, show it to people and pretend or something. But we're going to talk about her story a little bit. Leah O'Brien Amico is her name, and uh, she's done a great job talking about some of the challenges that she faced along the way being on the Olympic team and, and just kind of getting to that level and the travel and all of the things that went on with what she did, but then also what's she doing now and where's she at and how she's using the influence that God has provided for her as she's worked diligently in that space. And I want you to really be tuning in because I want you to think about how, as you're listening to this interview, I want you to think about how you can translate some of the things that she is saying to what you have done. Maybe you're not an Olympic gold medalist. Maybe you're not a softball player. Maybe you're not even an athlete. I don't know. But maybe you're in a situation where you have done really well at something and you're wondering and thinking about how do you take those gifts and abilities or how do you take those successes and translate them to the world so you can really be a greater impact. Or maybe you're you're on your journey of becoming a success in some particular field or something in general. Or maybe you're in a place where you don't know what's going on at all and you're just trying to figure it out. That's okay too. Uh, that's one of the reasons we do this show is to help you really learn things so you can live on purpose and live with purpose. For those of you that are joining us for the first time, I want to welcome you in. If you haven't yet, I really want to invite you either after the show or now, whatever you're so inclined to do, to give us a comment and a rating on wherever you listen to this podcast, whether it's Apple or Google Play or Spotify or whatever. We'd love to hear your comments and feedback from the show. That does two things for us. First thing it does is it helps us to know what thoughts are of folks out there. The other thing it does is it helps us kind of get this in other eyeballs because more and more folks are looking at it and, and interacting with the show. So on that note, let's jump in here. And Leah, it's interesting. We ended up connecting through kind of a mutual acquaintance over the years. And uh, I know that you were a, uh, a professional mountain biker. I was too. We were at the top <laughs> of the mountain. That's a joke. <laughs> yes, of course. I can't Getting, ride bikes. <laughs> exactly. So tell us a little bit about your situation. So three-time gold medalist, you're living in California right now and you're kind of traveling and speaking and, and you're married and almost 20 years now and doing your thing, involved in other girls' sports. Help us understand a little bit of the story of where is where is Leah from originally? How did she get into softball? How did this all lead to, you know, doing and playing softball for the Olympics? Yeah, I am from Southern California. I grew up here and uh, my parents both when they were younger, their families had come from the East Coast over to Southern California. And so they got married young. And so I was the firstborn. My dad loved baseball, but just didn't really have like parents who kind of poured into him or supported that. He never, you know, I remember him telling stories about he'd go throw the ball against the wall because he didn't have anybody to <laughs> go out and play with. And, and so here, you know, I come and I was pretty, you know, I, I've been pretty wild as a little girl, you know, tomboy for sure. They said I was three years old riding like a big wheel down a huge hill. And, and so um, when I was about six, my parents signed me up for both softball and soccer in the different seasons. And I just 
kind of, they said immediately had some success. And so um, I fell in love with it right away. I, I think I loved the idea of team atmosphere. I loved the competition, even at a young age. I, I don't know. I just, I just enjoyed it. And so when I was eight, my parents got me into pitching lessons. And you have to think back. This was at a time where nobody did lessons. Like, it's so <laughs> different now completely. But, but you know, um, at a young age, when I was eight, my parents, you know, found somebody. We drove 45 minutes, which, again, t- nowadays is nothing. But back then, it was a big deal to, you know, commute to try to find this lesson. And, and so, you know, I, I made all-stars. And when I was 14 years old, I had been picked up by a travel team. You know, they said, hey, can you come play with us? And I love how things work out because they said, you know, we cannot. I was a pitcher, first baseman, Molesky. And they said, we can't promise that your daughter will pitch. You know, Coach also had a, a daughter who pitched. <laughs> but <laughs> a year later, I find myself um, at this national tournament. And our team takes first place out of 52 teams from all across the U.S. And I ended up being in the circle. And to me, I feel like that was kind of when that dream to play college softball opened up, at, you know, in my heart, in my mind and kind of had that encouragement from coaches and friends. And, and so then that became my goal. I did have a chance to be recruited by a handful of schools. I laughed because I'd listen to other people and they'd say everybody wants them. And I, I just had a couple, but it's pretty good when you have one of the top teams in the country coming after you. And so yeah. I got a chance to play at the University of Arizona. They recruited me to, to pitch and play first base. But, you know, I think like any story, sometimes you know, things take detours and, and situations don't go always as planned. And I got to Arizona that first year and uh, we did only have two pitchers. So I did pitch quite a bit, but we had a superstar All-American ahead of me. And so we found ourselves at the Women's College World Series. And at that point, um, she pitched us all the way through. I ended up becoming the designated hitter. So again, I'm not, I'm not some big strong hitter. I played with those athletes. I played with, you know, the national leader in home runs at University of Arizona and our team ended up playing against UCLA and Lisa Fernandez was their pitcher who I went on to win three gold medals with. So she's not too shabby, but she, uh, she had 93 wins, only six losses in her career. And uh, for me here, I was, you know, 18 years old. I ended up getting a hit. We had someone on, got on an air. I get this hit up the middle. We score. Well, Lisa only gives up one hit that entire wow. game, but it was the, the RBI that I got. We won the national championship, which hmm. then leads me, uh, they say that summer, so a month or two later, they say, you know, this is back in 1993, and they say, hey, in, in three years, softball is going to be in the Olympics for the first time ever. Well, I'm 18 years old, but I'm thinking, I just got to hit off Elisa. That's my goal now, to be on that team. <laughs> and so I got into that process, and and again, the little shift that happened was my second year of college, the year later, hmm. where coach said to me, you know what, Leah, we got to move you to the outfield. And I said, all right. And so I said, coach, I need you to stay after practice with me every day. I got to learn how to dive and throw balls. How's, I'm not gonna, how do, I don't want to throw my arm out, throw into the bases, because I was normally making short, quick throws. And next thing you know, we, we win another Women's College World Series. I'm out there diving, catching balls over the fences. And a year later, after that, only, only playing outfield for two years, I was named to the first ever Olympic team as an outfielder. So I wow. tell people... You never know, because if I had an attitude and was like, no, I'm a pitcher, you know, I don't want to give that up, I would have never had the opportunity to represent the United States in the Olympics. Yeah, that's amazing. And so much there. I appreciate that story. Now, so you were in a situation where you went and you're in the Olympics doing your thing. You know, you you go back. Now you got three gold medals, right? So talk us through that year to year. I mean, 
kind of the first year it was like, okay, this is kind of new, right? And then you're yes, you're doing absolutely. it year two, year three. How did that look as far as going back and, and playing in it again? I mean, was it very different yes. as you got in with a lot more teams, a lot more competition? I mean, what, what do you see absolutely. kind of like from the first to the third? Yeah, absolutely. Completely different. So the first one, absolutely. First Olympics ever. USA always had dominated. You know, I was 21. You know, there, were, there were three of us in college and a, and a high school senior on that team. The rest were out of college women who had trained a 34-year-old um, Dr. Dot Richardson who was studying to be an orthopedic surgeon. She was, you know, one of our leaders. And so, you know, yes, went into that one kind of, you know, okay, now we have this chance on the world stage. We came in, played a very tough China team, had to beat them three times, but, you know, we pulled out with the win. And so we win that gold medal. And, you know, personally, obviously for me, I didn't even know what just happened. I was like, what? A week ago, I, you know, I just, I just won a gold medal. But so then four years later, we get the chance to play in Sydney, Australia. But you know, when there's an opportunity now for a country to win gold medals, everybody ramps up their training. And we had a coach who was kind of set in his ways. He was 72 in the first Olympics. He coached us again, 76 years old, and was pretty old school, you know, mentality of training and, and not kind of changing with the times. So now the world caught up, and we got to that Olympics. And for me personally, it, it was a little harder because now I was out of college. I had to learn to train on my own. I had to learn to find people, you know, that, that could go and take me to the cages. And I didn't have the 60-something games per year that I normally was getting in college and then heading straight to the Olympics. So that was, that was definitely a lot tougher personally training. But then as our, with our team, you know, our preparation, we got to the Olympics and we struggled. I mean, we ended up actually there's eight countries that play in the Olympics for softball. And so you play everybody once, so seven games, and the top four places advance to the medal round. Well, we ended up losing three games in a row. We just, our bath went dead. Wow. I mean, we were, yeah. we were being interviewed the on the Today Show. Yeah, we just couldn't hit. And so, anyways, we end up coming up, you know, barely with a couple hits to get us into the medal round. We end up, you know, beating China, knocking them out, beating Australia in a close game. And then we came up against Japan, who was undefeated that Olympic Games and was on fire. And it was an error by their left fielder dropping a ball in extra innings that gave us the gold medal. Completely different experience. But I'll tell you, I mean, I that is the one I tell people I'm the most grateful for. That medal is wow. scratched up. And, and then four years later, we went to um, Athens, Greece. Completely different experience. My coach from University of Arizona, Mike Candrea, truly changed the game for us hmm. we dominated we went in and we went nine no we scored 51 runs we only had one run scored against us wow and i will tell you that all came from preparation he yeah. wanted to get support from every aspect that we could and he i mean we were beyond prepared so tell me this you know from your mind set mentally you know and everybody faces challenges in life and struggles whether it's you know, in business or relationships or whatever. But as you talk about going to the next level, right? Because anytime you go to the, the next level, new level, new devil, this is kind of the thought a lot of times, Absolutely. at least spiritually for sure, right? So, so let me ask yeah. you this question. From the perspective of going from college, you're playing at college at a high level, right? You guys win there. Yep. And then you go to the Olympics. What was the mindset shift or the difference or... Did you experience a lot more weight? I mean, you know, a lot of people, it's such an honor to yeah. represent the country and all of that. But how did that really play out mentally for you? And was there a big difference, number one? And number two, what did you do to kind of facilitate and funnel the right thoughts so you could actually perform the way you needed to? 
Yeah, absolutely. I would say for sure, as as you got to the higher level, a couple of reasons. You know, one, there were there was more pressure in a sense, um, right? You're used to going out and competing, and you're with the best players in the world. But, but secondly, you know, at college, I'm a student athlete. I'm working hard in the classroom. I'm working hard on the field. I, I'd laugh because I was like, well, if I had a bad day at the field, well, guess what? I'm still doing great in my classes. <laughs> but then you get on <laughs> Team USA, and essentially, this becomes your job. Not yeah. only that, the players you're now surrounded by are the world's best. I was with amazing athletes at Arizona, but now we're talking the best in the world. So now, all of a sudden, for me, it became when I when you were struggling. When you're doing well, it's, it's fine, right? When, every, when things are going well for anybody, all of us can put a smile on, things are great. We're not even really thinking much, right? But it's when things start to struggle. Then we find out, okay, now how do I respond? How do I react? And I'll never forget my coach at Arizona talking to me about Team USA, and I think I called him when I, I was kind of going through a rough spot. And he said to me, Leah, he said, your ability to perform at this top level is going to be how well you deal with failure. And I think that's true in anything in life. Mm-hmm. How do we respond? Because I feel like the best, if you're going to be the best no matter what you are doing, then those are the times that we got to dig in and find out, okay, what adjustments need to be made? Softball is a sport, baseball, of complete adjustments all the time right but also you can't get you can't get too mental because then all of a sudden you start overthinking everything and now you can find yourself in a a whole another problem and so i think for me that shift of truly i'll say it was going back to the fundamentals not okay you know here i'm struggling i'm having this problem okay i can either let this mentally get out of control and i'm sure i had some of those moments but the next thing was get back to the training ground, get back into the batting cage, take those cuts and go back to the fundamentals of, you know, what you do best. Stop yeah. comparing yourself to the other people. Yeah. Stop looking at what they're doing because the second you're trying to hit like her for me personally, you know, you're trying to hit like her now all of a sudden that's not your game. Right. Stay with what got you here. And so that to me, that was it. That. And then also I would say the people around you kind of having that for me, it would be that player on my team who was the voice that I could talk to who would kind of talk me back down off that ledge or, you know, like give me that voice yeah. of reason. I think that's important, having those people in our corner no matter what we're doing. It really is. you got to have a, that support system, and I love that thought. You know, if you listen to the right voices, you'll make the right choices. And yes. uh, you got you got to have the right support system, so that that's important. You know, I know you're a woman of faith, and that's a big part of who you are. It's a big part of your makeup. In fact, you wrote a a 31-day devotional here, Softball, Glory, and God's Glory. And I thought this was kind of cool. And in, in the beginning, page 18, I just wanted to share this and get your thoughts. I thought this was good. You say here, day three, it says suit up. It says, each time we head out to the field to compete in softball in a softball game, we need to make sure we're wearing the correct uniform and we are using the proper equipment if we want to be successful. And then on down here, it says, without these tools, which you're talking about your, your cleats and your glove and helmet, et cetera, without these tools, it would be impossible to play, compete, bat, or field. Each piece is designed to help us play the game that we love. And then you get into a similar thing, talking about the armor of God. How important was that to you to make sure every day that you were suited up correctly mentally? And besides friends and support system and things like that. What was maybe one or two things, Leah, that caused you to say, you know what, this is a kind of a daily routine that I do that I've done that helped me stay mentally sharp because we're in a situation, I mean, we all know, I know I have experienced it, maybe others that are out there experienced it, you know, I know you've experienced it. When you're in a place where you have a level of success in anything in life, you're gonna be in a place where people are either gonna look to knock you down uh, or you're gonna have to deal with negative thoughts 
you know, you're kind of walking in new territory. Nobody's been there before, right? The U.S., as an example, had never won three gold medals from softball. And you guys were walking in new territory. So what did you do to kind of suit up every day with your mind and get your mind right? Well, and for me, that is where my faith came in because, you know, I, in college, was kind of where I turned to God and and that became a foundation for me. And I knew why I was playing and who I was playing for. And so at the end of the day, you know, yes, I'm going out and trying to be successful and I'm competing with the best in the world. And all of us have even different views and beliefs, but obviously we take that field and we have one common goal. So for me, it came down to daily, really for me being in in God's word and, and just getting that reminder of, you know, every day is a gift and this is a blessing to be out there. And so it gave me a different perspective, really. It helped me to kind of take a step back on the good days to know, hey, this isn't all about me either. And on the bad days to know this isn't going to break me. This isn't a life or death thing. I know people who are going through life and death situations. And it's just an honor to even to be in a situation. So perspective was huge. And I'll tell you, Mm. probably the biggest perspective shift happened for me in my last Olympic Games and that journey the last three years. One, I was a lot older at that point. You know, I I competed when I was 29. And we had a lot of the young pups coming up who were training stronger, quicker than ever before. Okay. And I had obviously that experience. And I had, you know, that leadership mentality. But with that, just knowing that I had put that time in and that I was prepared and I could lead them. And now I was also a mom. I had gotten married in between the first two Olympics. I had my son right after the second Olympics and still had the passion to play. Well, now I'm juggling a whole nother situation, right? So I'm having to try to compete and stay at the top of my game by myself, individually, finding times to train and juggle, but also find daycare for my child. Each day my husband has a job, you know what I mean? And so it was this juggling. And so that perspective shift at the end of the day, too, when I would be on the road, you know, have a good day game or a bad game, go home, call my family and be like, okay, right, this, this is what really matters in life. That is it. So. So the daily thing for me truly came down to, for me, my faith being my foundation, kind of holding on to a verse, a promise. There's a purpose behind all of this. Yeah, yeah. I'm on the Olympic softball team, but God has me here for a reason. Yeah. And then and then the second thing I would say really was I'm doing trying to be my best for a bigger purpose. Mm-hmm. I tried to constantly get back to that as well as I bring something to the team. So if I start to struggle, no, I got to figure this out because guess what? People are depending on me. Mm-hmm. And I think that was my other daily, you know, thing of just, I got this accountability around me. I'm going to be better because of these people. I want to do it for them. So in relation to, you know, you won three gold medals, what caused you to know, okay, I got to hang it up. Cause I think a lot of times, you know, I think back of Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. right? I was a huge Jordan fan back in the day. Still am in a lot of ways, but I still think he's way better than LeBron personally, by the way. Uh, I don't know who you like, but I think uh, I think all his stats and just his style and charisma and just he I think he got it better. Yeah, uh, yep. my personal opinion. But all that to be said, when you look at that, you know, Jordan obviously went to baseball, came back to basketball. And I think that kind of hurt him a little bit towards the end. You know, he, did, he, he just kind of didn't know when to hang it up. And I understand yep. that because that's his life. I mean, it's always done. That's what that's who he is. And and sometimes kind of what you're saying is if you're in a place where as an athlete or as a high level performer or a business owner, you know, I have several companies. Sometimes you can you can find yourself falling down or going down the lane of being defined by what you do as opposed to who you are. And uh, you have to reset that and say, night time out. You know, I'm not defined by what I do. I'm defined by who I've been created to be. And the things that I do, whether it's basketball or softball or business or whatever, is just an outlet. 
So what what was it for you, Leah, that caused you to say, you know what, okay, third gold medal, whatever, I need to hang it up. Maybe it was just flat out you weren't able to make the cut anymore. I don't know. What was it that caused you to say, okay, I got I to gotta move on into the sunset and do other things? For me, I, I knew it was time because I personally felt that that sacrifice of with my son and wanting to have mm. more kids and I was getting a little bit older and, and, you know, who knows if I had spent the same amount of time committed. I mean, I know other athletes, you look at Carrie Walsh Jennings, who is mm. phenomenal and has multiple kids and still is the best in the world. But when I had my son, Jake, you know, I, that was the first person ever on the Olympic team to have a child and come back to compete. So that was mm. all brand new. And I didn't even know if it could be done. You know, I'd seen other mm-hmm. athletes and Olympians, but as female athletes, it's a little different shift than maybe being a male athlete and still competing. <laughs> and so not only what you physically go through, but you know, as a mom. So anyways, you know, that I knew like I had my son, but I will tell you, I could not wait to get back out there and train. So I had him mm. and, and it's like, okay, like doctor, when am I cleared to get back out and go to the gym? When am I cleared to just start hitting again? You know? And so, so that was that drive was still there. I knew it. But at the end of my career with my son, he was three. I had left him for four weeks, heading to the Olympic Games at that time, you know. And so I just, it was a, probably the last two months, I would say, was all of a sudden, I kind of saw this as the finish line. It was the yeah. first time that it happened in my career. It truly was a feeling inside. And I don't know about these other big, like you said, big time athletes who, you know, have the world knows who they are and they're the best of the best. And I don't know if it's something where they do it, they get that feeling. But then they get out of it and they're like, oh, wait a second, I got to get I got to get back to that, like you said, and make that shift of maybe I made a mistake, <laughs> you know, because I yeah. had those moments. I'd say that I had those moments. But for me, somebody asked me four years later, I'm watching the next Olympic Games in 08. And somebody says, oh, man, do you you know, do you just wish you could be on that field? And there was truly this thought inside of me of, you know what, I spent every single day of my life training to be on that field. So at this point, no, I can't fathom it because of four years have gone by and I, I know these women have been training every day, you know? Mm, and so, mm-hmm. yeah, there's something inside of you of just that desire. So for me, I just kind of knew it was almost like this passion, this love, there was a shift in it, you know? And I will say, I feel like God all of a sudden after that gave me this desire and this similar passion in a different direction to go out and share and speak, even though I felt so unqualified, so incapable, but I just felt like that was where the shift was headed. Yeah. And I love that because, you know, this old saying that we've heard before, you maybe heard before and it's cliche, but it's really real is uh, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And, you know, that's so important when you think about that in relation to life. Here you are, you know, you, you were an expert in a particular space, right? In a particular sport, and now you're feeling led to something else. You're feeling, ah, I'm not qualified. I don't know if I can do it. Yep. But God's saying, no, no, I'm, I'm calling you to do this. And, you know, I think that's so important in life as you're listening to this, as we're talking here, we're talking obviously to Leah Amico. She, uh, three-time softball champion, Olympic medal champion, and uh, done a great job and done a lot of other things in life in general as well. But, you know, talking about the idea of how we need to be open to God may change our path sometimes. And I think one of the reasons if you're a believer and you're following the Lord, you can probably count on the fact that he's going to change your path or move you into things that are kind of like uh, over your head. Because if, if you're never yep. in anything that's bigger than you, then you don't need God to rely on. Really, you can say, I, I can do this on my own. And at the end of the day, you know, God's desire is for us to rely on him. So tell us about yes. this transition after softball. Now you're going and you're speaking and you, you got this devotional, this 31-day devotional, Softball, Glory, and God's Story. Where did that come from? 
Yeah, so so I kind of had that shift. I retired. I had a couple more kids in the next couple years, and so I have three boys now. So I knew it was a God place desire because all of a sudden it was this passion that I could not even like get down. Except so it's this weird like you know this balance that doesn't make sense. I I don't feel I qualified, but yet I want to go do this. And so slowly but surely, I'd have some opportunities. God opened a door for me to be a part, uh, a co-host on a show called More Than Conquerors. It was hosted on Trinity Broadcasting mm-hmm. Network with AC Green, who was former Laker great, and Frank Pastore, yeah. who pitched for the Cincinnati Reds. And that was one opportunity to start sharing. You know, I started speaking in schools around the country with a group called Sports World. And, yeah, so I, so I started doing this. Not only that, it tied into we do some big softball clinics around the country. Jenny Finch, a former a teammate of mine, very good friend, also loves the Lord. So her heart and passion was to want to bring that into her camp somehow. We'd have, you know, 300, 400 softball players from different parts of the country attending these camps multiple weekends a year. And so she said to me, hey, Leah, would you, prior to camp on Sunday morning, would you share a devotional, something about the Bible and talk? And, mm. and so I said, absolutely. Like, these were just outlets that were kind of just given, and God had prepared me with that passion of mine. And so we would tie in the sport of softball. We would, you know, share God's truth. And, and I think at the end of the day, bigger than that, we'd let these young female athletes know who God said they were. Because we're in a world that's very confusing and that wants to beat you down. And I want them to know that God wants to build them up for a plan, for a purpose. And mm-hmm. so, so out of that, a couple years ago, uh, talking, some people had asked when I would go speak places, they'd say, have you ever written a book on your story? And, you know, I was like, no, I haven't. And somebody said, what about, have you ever thought about doing a devotional? And, and here all of a sudden I thought, why have I not thought about that? I've spoken for probably 10 plus years sharing so many different devotionals. You know, I, I'd look through the Bible. What what jumps out of me? What story can I share this weekend? And it would just be something fresh, something new. And so I sat down and ended up coming with this 31-day devotional. It's gone out to Baylor University, bought, you know, devotionals for their entire team. Other college athletes have gotten it, high school players, all the way down to young athletes I worked with this weekend in, in North Florida. So, you know, I feel like it was a chance to, you know, not only get my stories out there with softball because I – Actually, I, and in 2000 Olympics, I was featured by Kellogg's with Golden Crispix. They took eight Olympic athletes from different sports, and they did not feature the superstars, the Michael Phelps, the you know superstars of, of each sport. They said, we want to get the athlete, the boy and the girl next door, people that you think, okay, I can relate to them. That, mm-hmm. to me, was kind of the coolest honor because it's like, yes, if I can do this, I was not the home run hitter, the six-foot-one pitcher, the fast girl who could hit the ball on the ground and beat it out. I was that middle-of-the-ground person with some talent but truly had the passion, the work ethic, and, you know, was so coachable. And I'm like, if I can pass that along and inspire one other person, and I think this is true in any aspect of our lives. That's what I'm passionate about. Like you, Michael, you talk about wanting people to know there's a purpose. That's how I feel. Like, if I, we share our stories of, look, it was just being available. It was somebody, you know, willing to push through the obstacles and, and to not give in when things got harder and, you know, and to realize there are opportunities out there we'll push yeah, through. That's exactly right. And, you know, I remember J.C. Penney, obviously we've all heard of that store, J.C. Penney's. Uh, J.C. Penney once said, you give me a stock clerk with a goal and I'll show you the next division leader or CEO. You give me, <laughs> yes. you give me a stock clerk without a goal and I'll give you a stock clerk. So it's, it's very important to be in a place where we understand it's not about where you are, but it's where you want to go and uh, why you want to get there and how you're going to get there. 
And nine times out of ten, the way you get there is controlling your mind and controlling the input along the way. All of the other external things come. Well, hey, I I really have enjoyed this conversation, and I want to make this for all of you out there that are listening. If you have a desire to reach out to Leah and learn more about her, you can visit her and check her out by going to Leah, L-E-A-H, so www.leah20.com. So L-E-A-H is how you spell the name, so Leah20.com is how you can find out about her. She's got her devotional that you're going to want to pick up. It's a real simple, easy read. I'm, I'm looking through it. I'm like, I know you sent it to me just recently, and I've read some of it already, but I'm going to continue to work through it. I like it. I like your structure. It's simple. It's easy. Uh, that's really, really important. And is there anything else that you want to share as we kind of wind this down and, and land the plane here to the listeners out there that just a quick thought and nugget that you want to say, this is something that I learned that, that you really need to be paying attention to? So I just think just being open to the opportunities that are out there and being willing to get out of our comfort zone. I have found that things that I probably felt the least qualified for but stretched myself, went to that opportunity, it opened doors that would never have happened if I would have said, no, I just can't do it. And so I say if there's an opportunity, go for it. You never know what doors it can open. Yeah, that's a great word. That's a great word. Well, I appreciate you taking some time to join us on the show here and share thoughts and ideas to the listeners. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And as always, if you have questions uh, about Leah, obviously you can go visit her, as I mentioned there, Leah2020, Leah20.com. Pick up a copy of her devotional. You're not going to want to miss that. It's great. Softball, glory, and God's story. And uh, really, really neat. Pretty simple, easy to read, just quick encouragement and guidance as you live your life to really help you find what you need and where you're supposed to be in life. And I always recommend and, and invite you with the opportunity to say, if you've been encouraged by this show, take a moment and share this with someone else. You know, a lot of times we will hear something or see something or read something. We're like, wow, that was really good. That really inspired me and encouraged me. And then we kind of keep it to ourselves. Don't do that. Be the one that says, hey, I found this. I listened to this. You need to hear this. This is a great story. It's it's really neat and impactful and it challenged and encouraged me. And I'm going to share this with you. Take a few moments out of your day and listen to this. And as always, we want to challenge you to be in the place where you're living on purpose so you can live with purpose. Why are you here? What are you doing? And what has God called you to do? So reach out to us via just messages. If you want to reach out directly to our team and our firm, if you have questions, you want to reach out to me directly, or you have a thought you want to share for an upcoming show or a guest you may have recommendation for, feel free to reach out to leanonthewall.com. But Leah, I I really enjoyed you being on. Thanks so much for uh, dialing in. And for all of you out there, have a blessed day. We'll talk to you soon.